Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 131 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off of your first order. And today, what we're going to do is continue this Locked On theme that's been going on last week and also this week, some of the biggest what-ifs in your franchise's history. And we're going to be taking a look at some other what-ifs that the Rangers have encountered along the way. You know, there's always something. No matter what your favorite team is, no matter what your favorite sport is, you can always look at your team and wonder, you know, what if things had shaken out just a little bit differently? What if we had drafted this player and not that player? What if we had hired that coach? What if we had made that trade or not made that trade? Uh, Some of them, you know, lead to greener pastures. Others are, you know, what ifs that kind of make you scratch your head and and just kind of lament the fact that the team went down the road that it went down. But we're going to be talking about a few of those in just a minute. But first today, we do have to talk a little bit more about the NHL and the NHLPA seem to be gaining some momentum here, moving in the right direction as far as an agreement on a 24-team playoff tournament. And of course, this is all contingent on the coronavirus continuing to move in the right direction and, you know, ensuring the safety of players. I mean, you can never 100% guarantee that everybody is going to be safe no matter what. Uh, But obviously, you know, you have to get the risk to a point where you feel that it's worth it to do this tournament. And I think uh, it sounds like things are moving in the right direction between the NHL and the NHLPA. Uh, The 24-team playoff tournament, it's been a little bit polarizing. I know that there are some hockey players purists that don't think that that many teams should be in the playoffs, and I have mixed feelings on it as well. Uh, You know, you let 24 teams into the postseason, and you're kind of taking away the prestige of being a playoff team, aren't you? I mean, a little bit, right? 24 out of 31, that's a little bit nuts, but you know what? The way I see it, for one season, it's fine. We are living in some crazy times right now. I don't really see a better alternative on the table. Uh, You know, I know that there's some talk, according to these latest reports, there is some talk that there might be a few more regular season games being played here, and then we'll jump right into the playoffs. So it sounds like uh, they will not complete the full 82-game regular season, and then you just roll with the 2014 playoff tournament. And the reason I think this works is you still, even though you're letting 24 teams into the playoffs, and look, any other season, that's way, way too many playoff teams. Uh, You can't let three-quarters of a major professional sports league into the postseason. You just can't do that. It's just making it way too easy, and it's devaluing your regular season. But I think, you know, again, these are unprecedented times. I think for just one year, it's okay to do this. And I think the biggest reason why it works, 24 teams in the playoffs, the top eight teams will all have buys. So you are still rewarding the very best, the top-tier teams in the NHL. You are still rewarding them with buys. You are giving them something uh, positive, something that matters, and you're not making them mess around in a qualifying round. And so all of those top eight teams will be just four playoff series wins away from being Stanley Cup champions, as they would be in any other season. And the interesting thing here, you know, 
you got to look at the qualifying round and, okay, so how do you do this? Are you going to do a full best of seven? The proposal that I saw, and again, you know, it's just one of many options that are on the table for the NHL. Nothing is set in stone yet, but it looks like what they might do for the qualifying round for the other 16 teams that make the playoffs, you know, not the top eight, just the other 16, is you would have best of three series uh between these teams. And, and the Rangers, if, if you look at it in the East, would be matched up with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it's a short series, obviously, so that makes it winnable in and of itself. But Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, not exactly setting the world on fire. They're kind of underachieving a little bit. It's a very winnable series. I understand that there are some very, very talented teams on the Toronto Maple Leafs, but you know what? I'll take my chances with the Rangers in a short playoff series against Toronto, and then the winner of that, at least, you know, just this one graphic that I saw online, uh, the winner of that series would then take on the Toronto, uh, excuse me, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And so that would obviously be a bigger test. Uh, the Lightning, you know, they're one of those teams. They, they've kind of, in a lot of ways, become the new Capitals, where they're a great regular season team, and then they struggle in the playoffs. That'd be an intriguing series, too, if the Rangers got by Toronto. They'd be playing Tampa Bay again. Uh, the Lightning absolutely slaughtered the Rangers earlier this season in a game in Tampa Bay. They beat them 9-3, to in fact. Alex Georgiev started that game for the Rangers. He was replaced by Lundqvist, and then Georgiev had to come back in. It was just a complete mess. Not exactly a banner moment for the Rangers this season, but who knows? Maybe the Rangers feel like they owe Tampa Bay something. I think it's an intriguing series. I mean, be careful what you wish for. And Look, obviously, um, this is just one proposal on the table that the Rangers would play the Maple Leafs, but if this indeed does happen, just say it's Rangers-Maple Leafs. Let's just have some fun and say that that's what it's going to be. If the Rangers get by the Maple Leafs and then play the Lightning, uh, at that point, you're just playing with house money if you're the Rangers because you're in the playoffs. Uh, you know, By that point, you're in a traditional 16-team playoff tournament because you've already gotten out of the qualifying round and you just have some fun you just roll the dice and just see what happens this team is leaps and bounds ahead of where it was at the beginning of the season and you know what if we're matched up against the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, a great team but if we're matched up against them in the playoffs it's obviously a daunting task but hey roll the dice take your chances see what happens the other issue that I'm seeing here is that the Eastern Conference is a little bit of a mess as far as who would be the last team into the playoffs because this proposal, it looks to me like the Eastern Conference and Western Conference will still be separated in the playoffs. You'll get 12 teams from each, and there will be no Eastern Conference teams playing any Western Conference teams until the Stanley Cup Finals, so just like usual. But the last team in in the Eastern Conference right now, the 12th team from the East, would be the Montreal Canadiens, and they have 71 points in 71 games. But the problem there is you have the Buffalo Sabres and New Jersey Devils. They each have 68 points, but they've played two fewer games than the Montreal Canadiens have. So what do you do there? How do you determine which one of these teams deserves to be in the playoffs? And I realize that maybe I'm overthinking this a little bit because it's the 24th team out of 24 teams making the playoffs. So maybe it's just TS for teams like, you know, the Buffalo Sabres and the New Jersey Devils who haven't had great regular seasons. But I don't know. I think you got to be fair about this. I think you have to put everybody on a level playing field. And I'm wondering if that's why the NHL wants to do a few more regular season games, to give all of these, these bubble playoff teams, these free fringe playoff teams a chance to, you know, make a run here. And I think maybe what you do, like I said, every team in the NHL has played between 68 and 71 games. So to kind of give all these teams a chance to put their best foot forward and understand the situation they're in, you know, these fringe playoff teams, I think the best thing you can do is have every team in the NHL play uh, the same amount of regular season games. And I don't know how that would work as far as schedule. Maybe maybe you just play the next games that were on your schedule before the break happened. But you got to get everybody to the same amount of regular season games. I think maybe the best way to do that is get everybody to play 
uh, and, and this is just me. I haven't seen this written anywhere. This is just an idea that I'm throwing out there. Get everybody to play exactly 73 regular season games. And then in that way, every team in hockey would play between two and five regular season games if and when the season is unpaused. And what that does is it puts everybody on a level playing field. A team like the Canadians, yeah, they're three points ahead of the Sabres and Devils, uh, but they would at least get to play two more games to try to to extend that lead. And then teams like the Sabres and Devils, they'll get to catch up to the Canadians in in terms of how many games that they've played. And that's the big one right there is those three teams kind of, you know, scrapping it out for the last playoff spot in the East. But, you know, this could also, playing these other regular season games, this could also affect which teams get buys and which teams don't. I mean, if you look at a team like the Philadelphia Flyers, they would be the four seed in the East. So they would be the last team to get a buy. They have 89 points. Uh, but then, you know, you look and the, the Pittsburgh Penguins are right behind them. They've played the same amount of games. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, three points behind the Flyers. So if you bring them up to 73 games each, you know, they're jostling for position in the standings. I would imagine a team like the Penguins would want to, you know, go full bore and try to get themselves that bye. You, you don't want to mess around with that best of three series if you can avoid it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there a lot of options on the table. I, I think, though, if you want to do a few more regular season games, you got to get to a point where everybody has played the same amount, and then nobody has any reasons to complain. Uh, if everybody gets to the same amount of regular season games and gets to play a few more regular season games, then everybody's on a level playing field. There's been 73 regular season games played, and if you're not one of the 24 best teams out of 31 after 73 games played, then I don't want to hear any excuses. You didn't, you weren't good enough, all right? 24 teams out of 31 are in. You're, if you're on the outside, too bad. You're going home. That's it. You're done. Move forward with the other 24 teams. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. Going to go ahead and jump into a few more Ranger what-ifs in just a second here. There's one more thing I wanted to mention before we get to that, and that is uh, an update on the NHL's player gaming tournament. Again, these players are on the NHL representing their own teams, playing each other online in the NHL 20 video game. And, you know, again, the NHL not doing the best job promoting this tournament the way the MLB did. You know, MLB had uh, a regular season, a schedule, statistics were kept. They had uh, an eight-team postseason tournament. Uh, every round of the postseason was best of three, and then the championship series was best of five. The NHL, it's really hard to find a lot of information about it. 
and I think they could be doing a better job overall promoting it, trying to get some more eyes on the game. Uh, the one nice thing, though, is that, you know, obviously it does go to charity, and I'm going to go ahead and share the website with you guys right now. I've been watching a little bit of this this player gaming tournament whenever it's been on. Uh, Chris Kreider has not played yet, or at least has not played in any of the featured games, so we'll keep an eye on that, and maybe at some point we'll, we'll all be able to watch Chris Kreider, uh, you know, play this game against somebody? I, I don't know. Again, it, it's very difficult to find any information and find out exactly how this works, if there's an actual season going on here, if we're going to have playoffs at some point within the video game tournament. Uh, but the one I just watched uh, not too long ago was Caleb Jones and Darnell Nurse of the Edmonton Oilers. They played Luke Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks. He is representing uh, the new Seattle team that is forthcoming in the NHL. So he just played his various division all-star teams uh, but Jones and Nurse took him down. They swept him, in fact. They even erased a 4 nothing deficit to come back and beat him 5-4 in overtime. Uh, and just fun. You know, there's a lot of friendly banter between the players. It's a good time. I just think the NHL could do a better job uh, promoting it overall, getting more eyes on the product, maybe even creating a few new hockey fans. I mean, who knows? Crazier things have definitely happened. And, hey, free promotion for the video game as well. But as far as the uh, the website where the donations are being made, and again, the NHL and EA Sports have already pledged $100,000, $50,000 each to this cause. And if you go on give4cdcf.org slash NHL, uh, you can donate as well. Again, that is give4, the number 4. So give the numeral 4, give4cdcf.org slash NHL. If you go there, you can make uh, donations to the CDC Foundation to fund medical supplies, increase lab capacity, deploy emergency staffing to U.S. public health agencies, provide support to vulnerable communities, address health communication needs, boost clinical research to improve health outcomes, build capacity and infrastructure for global response efforts, and much more. So obviously going to a great cause. I just wish, you know, even just for the charity that the NHL would promote this a little bit more. You get a few more eyes on this. You know, it's a fun time just watching these guys play video games, you know, make some jokes kick back, have some fun, relax. You know, it's the closest thing we have to uh, to live hockey right now. And furthermore, it would get more eyes onto this charity. Uh, it would raise awareness about, you know, this cause that you can give to, the fact that you can give money to the CDC Foundation if you can spare it right now. Um, so, yeah, you know, fingers crossed that, uh, you know, eventually maybe this tournament catches on a little bit more. I don't know if they're going to have playoffs. I don't know when Chris Kreider plays. I, I wish I could tell you guys more about this tournament, but... Right now, not that much is known. They they kind of tend to just take it week by week. The big what if that we're really going to focus in on here today is it's it has to do with an article that was written in September of 2017. It was written by Ben Arledge of ESPN.com, and he opined, again, September 2017, he opined that the Rangers should have traded Henrik Lundqvist rather than Cam Talbot at the end of the 2015 season. And I'll admit, at least is like somewhat of an intriguing idea. But overall, there's no way I can get on board with this because you got to remember the Rangers were coming off a season in which they were in the Eastern Conference Finals. They went to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals with Henrik Lundqvist leading the way. The season before that was 2014. That was, of course, the year that Henrik Lundqvist uh, took the Rangers to the Stanley Cup Finals. So to then just pull the rug out from under Henrik Lundqvist at the end of the 2015 season, uh, coming, off of a se coming off of two seasons where you were in the Finals and in the Conference Finals, to just trade away your your 
the heart and soul of your team, your backbone, your franchise player, the guy who's been there longer than anybody, the guy who has you know, picked this team up time after time after time and has been the best player on this team for years and years and years. Uh, there's no way I can support it. And I, I get the idea. You know, Talbot had been on the Rangers for two years at that point, and he had been excellent for the Rangers when he was thrust into the limelight when Lundqvist had been dealing with some injuries or, you know, just, just as a spot starter over those last two years. And for a point of reference, here are Talbot's stats over his two years with the Rangers. 2013-2014, he plays 21 games. He goes 12-6-1 with a 164 goals against average and a 941 save percentage. In 2014-2015, which is when this you know supposed trade of Henrik Lundqvist would have gone down if it had happened, uh, Cam Talbot that year, 36 games, 21, 9, and 4, a 221 goals against average, a 926 save percentage. So there's no two ways about it. Uh, Cam Talbot was absolutely fantastic with the Rangers when he saw the ice over those two seasons. But let's not forget just how good Henrik Lundqvist was around this time. And, you know, we'll look at Lundqvist stats for these years. We'll start in 2014, 2015. We're going to go in descending order from that year back to when he started. Listen to his goals against average uh, year by year here, okay? 2014-2015, he had a 225 goals against average, and then moving backward, uh, 236, 205, 197, 228, 238, 243, 223, 234, and 224 in his rookie season. You're really going to get rid of that guy, out of get rid of Henrik Lundqvist, to make room for a guy, Cam Talbot, who, yes, he was great for the Rangers those two years, but let's also remember the Rangers had a great team around him. They had top-notch defensemen. Uh, Mark Stahl was a far better player then than he is right now. Uh, Dan Girardi was a beast. Ryan McDonough, phenomenal defenseman for the Rangers. Anton Strawman was in the mix at that time. The Rangers had, had quality A-plus defensemen at that time, and I gotta believe, now they helped Lundqvist too, of course, but they definitely helped Cam Talbot, because when you look at Cam Talbot, even if you look at his numbers in the AHL, uh, he was never a goalie that really did anything that jumped off the page. I mean, you look at his numbers uh, with the Connecticut Whale. His last significant taste of AHL action came in 2012-2013. He goes 25-28-1 with a 263 goals against average and a 918 save percentage in the AHL. And again, you know, I'm looking at all of his AHL numbers, all of his minor league numbers, pretty much everywhere he's ever played. There's nothing that special that really jumps off the page here. So again, credit where it's due. Talbot was awesome that year. I just don't think if you're the Rangers, you can say, you know, this guy has been really good in some some uh, some relief work here. So we're going to get rid of, you know, the maybe the best goalie the Rangers have ever seen. He's certainly in the conversation and, and just roll with Cam Talbot going forward. If you want to compare stats here for these two years, 2015-2016, Cam Talbot is with the Oilers. And, and let's keep in mind, by the way, that the Oilers no longer have Cam Talbot. He moved on to the Flyers in a trade and signed with the Calgary Flames this last offseason. So he didn't really stick as a franchise goalie in Edmonton. He was there for three and a half years. But if you want to compare these two seasons right after the trade of Talbot, uh, let's look at 2015-2016. Cam Talbot, a 255 goals against average that season and a 917 save percentage. Henrik Lundqvist with the Rangers that same year, 248 goals against and a 920 save percentage. So Lundqvist hasn't beaten both, uh, not by a lot, but he hasn't beaten both of those statistics. Cam Talbot, by the way, for the Oilers that year, 21, 27, and 5. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist with the Rangers, 35, 21, and 7. 
And then in 2016, 2017, this is the year that Talbot, you know, admittedly did seem to outplay Lundqvist, at least if you just go by the numbers. A 239 goals against average for Talbot that season and a 919 save percentage to go up against Henrik Lundqvist, 2.74 goals against and 910 save percentage. So, yeah, Talbot had him beat that year, but it has since gone south pretty quickly for Cam Talbot. Uh, He has not had a goals against average of less than three in either of the last two seasons. Now, this year, he has played a little bit better for the Flames, uh, but, you know, two straight seasons of a goals against average over three uh, in time between the Oilers and Flyers. And Talbot, like I said, you know, he played three and a half seasons with the Oilers, never really stuck as the franchise goalie, and Edmonton basically gave up on him. Uh, They traded him to the Flyers in the 2018-2019 season. But in those four years that Cam Talbot was on the Oilers, or at least spent part of the season on the Oilers, Oilers only went to the playoffs once. And I I realize that's not all on Cam Talbot. Collectively, I think it was an underachieving unit. But you know what? Talbot was a starting goalie for for the Oilers for, for all those years. And I know he got traded in the fourth year, but... Four years on a team, one playoff appearance, one playoff series win. Eh. It's not, it doesn't scream franchise goalie to me. I'm sorry. And I'm not trying to be mean. I really like Cam Talbot when he was here, but it's one of those things like I just can't justify, you know, trading again the heart and soul of the team in Lundquist to make room for Cam Talbot, who has played great for you, but has probably played over his head in those two seasons that he spent with your team. And recent results would suggest that that indeed was true. The Kim Talbot was indeed playing over his head and was indeed benefiting from, you know, just having a great team around him. So, you know, all the best to Kim Talbot. And he's having a nice season for the Flames this season, as I mentioned. Talbot this season with the Flames, he is 12-10-1 with a 263 goals against average, a 919 save percentage, a pair of shutouts. So he is playing well for them. He's mostly been in a backup uh, role to David Riddick. And Riddick really has not played as well as Talbot. Riddick is. 24, 17, and 6, but a 297 goals against average and a 907 save percentage to go along with a pair of shutouts. So you could argue that maybe Cam Talbot deserves a little bit more playing time up there in Calgary right now. And yes, at this point in their careers, uh, Talbot is a better goalie than Lundqvist. I don't think that can be argued, but it's five years later, man. It's it's five years later from when the Rangers initially made it, made this trade. So at the time, you know, I don't think there was any reason to upset the apple cart. I think the Rangers wanted to keep mostly the same team intact and try to chase the Stanley Cup again because two straight seasons again, 2014 Stanley Cup Finals, they lose. Uh, 2015 Eastern Conference Finals, they lose. They still had most of those pieces intact going forward, and I think they wanted to continue to roll with Lundqvist uh, just feeling that he gave them the best chance to win a Stanley Cup in the short term. And the Rangers absolutely at that time should have been a here and now team. And that's how they played it because they were within an eyelash of winning the Stanley Cup the last two seasons. So I have no issue with the Rangers trading Talbot and not Lundqvist. Um, It's an interesting thought what would have happened if they traded Lundqvist. And the whole thing is contingent on him waiving his no-move clause, and, you know, again, we, we, we've talked about that enough on here. I don't think he would have done it, so the whole thing's kind of a moot point anyway. It would have been really hard to convince Henrik Lundqvist to leave the Rangers, uh, this team that has been contending for a Stanley Cup the last few seasons, and, and just go somewhere else and start over. Uh, I don't think that would have happened, and so the whole thing might be a moot point, but even if Lundqvist would have agreed with it, I still think, you know, you roll with your franchise goalie, and Lundqvist was still a phenomenal goalie at that time. It would have been really, really difficult, certainly a bold move, to try to ship Lundqvist out of town and just roll with Cam Talbot, who, like we said, played great with the Rangers, but a fairly small sample size. You don't really know for sure if he's for real, and recent results would suggest that 
you know, Talbot did play a little bit over his head during his time with the Rangers. So, you know, all the best to Cam Talbot. Like I said, I was, I was a huge fan of him when he was with the Rangers. And, you know, maybe at some point, if the season resumes, maybe at some point he becomes the Flames starting goalie and he's in the playoffs with the Flames. Who knows? We'll see. But I, I cannot kill the Rangers. I cannot fault the Rangers for trading Cam Talbot rather than Henrik Lundqvist. But yeah, I think we can stop there for today, and maybe what we'll do on Wednesday, uh, this episode, you know, was just kind of the one big what if. What if the Rangers had traded Henrik Lundqvist rather than Cam Talbot? So maybe on Wednesday, what we'll do is we'll shorten them up a little bit. We'll do a bunch of rapid-fire what-ifs. We can just jump around from topic to topic and hopefully devote the entire episode uh, to that topic, all the different what-ifs in Ranger history. And then on Thursday, we're going to have our newest episode of Sports Movie Brackets with Gabrielle Starr of Locked on Red Sox and Javier Reyes of Locked on Padres. Uh, We have gotten into round two of the tournament, so we're moving right along here, Uh, just having a ton of fun, Uh, some some debates, some controversy, some bracket busters. You get a little bit of everything in the next episode. So uh, we'll have that to look forward to as well, but that's going to do it for today. Uh, once again, if you would like to get in touch with this podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And uh, definitely do that right now because if there's if there's a certain what if that you guys want covered in Wednesday's episode, then send me an email today or tomorrow and I'll do my best to get to that on Wednesday and uh, talk about whatever topic you guys want me to talk about as far as what ifs are concerned. And definitely make sure you guys give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.